you know, wanting that, say, we'll just call it a top 15 breakthrough or a top 20, you know, what were your kind of feelings for the past four or five weeks before coming into the tour? Like, oh, where's, you know, where is that top gear or not? I'm just want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, it's definitely been a little bit like, it's always hard when you expect something, but don't have the physical result to back it up. And I think my like approach to dealing with that has been just like reminding myself that I can't, I'm allowed to be patient and like just kind of do what I've been doing and wait for that to come naturally instead of like really trying to force it. And I think some of that comes from like just like reading or listening to things that talk about sport development and just how it's like some people get lucky and it happens right away, but that's not like necessarily the case most of the time. And just like reminding myself that I have time to get better and figure things out at my own pace, which has been good. So I think, yeah, in the past couple of weeks I've been just real more relaxed and focused on doing what I normally do because I think there's like, I just like, felt like I regained confidence in my normal process just by realizing I need to be patient. And then a day like today really backs that up and it feels good that it's just a good confirmation that that is at least somewhat the right thing. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's talk about your day a little bit uh, or, or a lot of it here. Um, you know, one thing that, uh, and again, it's not that I'm flying by the seat of my pants. I just, you know, it's uh, there's a lot of athletes to kind of look at and cover. And you started um, in bib 17, so we're re- you know sort of uh, in a 60, roughly 60 person field in that first third. And it was notable right away uh, when I was watching, you know, after say the first 20 starters that you had started hot, you know, that first 2.1 K super fast. Um, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, okay, what, you know, what is his pacing strategy? You know, what's going on out there? So, so let's kind of take this lap by lap and, uh, we'll get to this stellar, you know, last, you know, 5k for you, but what was going through your, your brain and your body in terms of that first 5k? It was definitely kind of a similar approach as always that I have and that like, I try to focus on the first five to eight minutes being easier than I think it should be. And I think my best races come when I feel like I did that, but my split is still good. So like today, I think I got to that, that first time where I get a split and I know there was only 17 people through, but they said I was tied for first and I was still, I was still feeling pretty comfortable. So I was like, okay. Um, so yeah, when I, when you hear the good split and you also still feel good after six minutes or something that I think is when I was like, I can do something with this and then just try to keep that steady for the rest of that first lap. You know, I, I know you're you're a, a seasoned vet when it comes to you know world junior type racing and top tier national type racing, but it sounds to me like you might be an athlete who wants those splits and wants to and, and 
sort of in this particular case, your emotions are taking a little bit of a boost off of hearing something positive. So is that a norm for you that you want splits and want uh, a benchmark of where you're sitting in the field early in a race? Actually, usually I ask to not get splits at that first one because I know um, if I hear a bad one, that that'll throw me more than a good one will boost me. So I guess sometimes I'm just like, whatever, say what you want to say. But uh, yeah, today, like hearing a good one is obviously like, okay, this is setting up to be good. But yeah, normally if I don't hear a split on that first one, it lets me not really try to go for a good split. And was this something that you articulated to the coach that was giving splits today? Like, hey, don't give me... <laughs> yeah, what was that like? Or are you just... Uh, or maybe that coach just couldn't help themselves. You were doing so well. It's like, boom, I need to artic- you know, translate this information to Gus. Um, no, I didn't say it today. And, you know, I mean, some days I'm, I'm adamant, like, I really don't want this first split because I, like, it, I think it matters. It depends on the course. So, like, if it's a course that starts really hard or something like that and I really need to focus on going slow, I don't want it. But this one I felt like, it was maybe more manageable and it's sort of like the fast pace of the tour. I didn't really have a lot of time to be like, to think about what I wanted from splits. Okay. And, and, uh, at some point, you know, I've spoken to Matt Wickham already this morning. It sounds like you caught a very solid and probably very taxing, um, ride with Dennis Spitzoff who uh, who ended up second on the day. And he started in bib 39. You were in bib 17. So when did you link up with him? Um, it, that was like midway through the second, or maybe even, I think midway through the second lap. Near the, near the top, near where it starts descending back into the stadium. Okay, and what was going through your mind then in terms of understanding who that was and his capacity? And also, you know, the opportunity for you to pace along with him as he's going for, you know, a a podium in this case. Yeah, I saw him around like a 180 corner and I I knew who it was and I was pretty excited. I was like, this is going to be a good ride because he's been racing well. And yeah, but he caught us like I was in a little group and he caught us right before the downhill and I just hopped in behind him and then it was kind of funny because like that downhill felt really easy behind him when I'm sure it was just about as fast as before like working it but I was able to not work it that hard and then going into the third lap he notched it up a lot actually I was like how are you doing this in your second lap but it like that little rest was good so I could hang through the third lap and were you, um, you know, getting into nitty gritty? I mean, are you someone who is in this particular instance just going for it and it's like, I don't care if I blow up? Or were you still being mindful of like, okay, I've got to gauge this effort. You know, I've got an opportunity for a top 20 here. Spits off is right here. Um, or are you just like, I- I'm taking a huge risk and going and see how things transpire? Um. Well, since he's caught us at the top of the hill, I didn't have to take a huge risk to hop in behind him initially. And then by the end of that downhill, I was on my last lap. So I was like, 
I need to do everything I can to stay with him because even if I blow up at the top of the climb at 2K into the lap, I'll be able to at least hang on to something. So yeah, I was excited because I was in a pretty good place fatigue-wise. So I figured I'd be able to hang on to that. I think what is notable, um, and I mentioned this with Matt Wickham, oftentimes when we look out, look at men's uh, distance results and parse out splits and parse out, you know, time back, that it's it's very densely clustered in terms of time. You know, the the, the range between say tenth and twentieth could be a few seconds. Um, the same going all the way back to thirtieth place, and. I expected the same, you know, when I looked at the splits for at 10K, um, you know, for example, when I pull this up, uh, Gus Schumacher, you were at 26th at, at the 10K split, okay, 56 seconds out, clustered by, you know, I'll go by DeFabiani at 23rd at 51 seconds out, all the way back to uh, Scott Patterson, say, at 30th. At 104 out, so there's it's a for men's racing, you know, there's a little bit of a range there. Um, But to be honest with you, I expected when I popped up, you know, the splits for the fifth lap for it to be again kind of a dense cluster, and 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 I would say like it doesn't seem that dense to me. I mean, you know, Dobler in 12th at 49 seconds, I can't pronounce Bogle in 13th at 50 seconds, you at 51 seconds out at 14th, and. Tarentev, a Russian, at 15th at 52 seconds. Otherwise, we start to bump back in time, and it's not super dense. Um, and I was like right away that, wow, he must have had a very stellar last 5K. So can you talk a little bit about that and what you were feeling physically and what was going on in terms of you being able to seize an opportunity like this today? Yeah, I actually, on that second lap towards the end was when I – was behind Spitzoff and I was getting kind of antsy because it, it felt easy. And then I was getting those splits that I was a little farther back, but it was also nice because I had that energy that I knew I could put down a fast last lap. And that generally is like, like my best races kind of come when I am entering that last lap or three K or whatever with a little more energy than I think I should have. And when I get that, like, Usually it just comes as like a wave of feeling like, uh oh, I need to do something now because if I don't, I'm just gonna have a bad race. But then it's like if I have that energy, so I was able to hang on to Spitzov as he ratcheted his pace up. And yeah, I guess on a course, I mean, it's hard to say like on a course like this at moderate altitude, like it's easy to blow up, and I've been there before, so that can be part of the time gaps, I guess. What was it like sitting? I mean, I'm imagining you either, you know, you're, you're looking at the live timing board and, um, you know, your name, perhaps again, I don't know what's going through, through your brain, but maybe waiting for your name to bump down a little bit and it's sticking right up there. Um, yeah, what was yeah? What were you doing? I'm just kind of curious. What was rolling through your brain in terms as results were coming through, um, and those top guys were were finishing? I actually, I kind of hung around for a little bit as the bibs behind me were finishing, and it was cool to see that a lot of them were like, or they're like those Germans mostly I saw were like finishing right ahead of me, but not ahead of 
the current leader, which is only 10 seconds ahead of me. And then I went to cool down and it was nice because I came back and Matt was still excited. So I was like, okay, I must have must have stayed pretty good, which is fun. Anything else you want to add? Um, skis are really good. I think that was a big part of it, being able to relax behind people in the downhills a little bit or like over the tops, being able to let that gap stretch to 10 meters to spits off and knowing I'd be able to get that back with good skis and technical downhilling, but that's always a fun place to be. So I'm thankful to our service team. Cool. I, here's a question. Cause we have a lot of like readers and listeners that geek out on the whole ski side of things. Um, you're obviously a new full-time world cup athlete. You're 20. There's lots of Rossi athletes, um, that do quite well. Pellegrino is one example off the top of my head. Um, I'm curious, like, is your ski service, and ski selection any different now that you're over in Europe? Are you accessing, you know, skis that maybe you don't normally have in your fleet uh, when you're on the World Cup? Are you still working with, you know, your the fleet that you flew over there with? It's definitely a mix of both, but I do have a lot of new skis that, honestly, I don't see my skis a whole lot. They kind of live in the wax truck and Carl, my tech, and Rosie's tech helps get some new skis for me and the Rossi guys help me test. So it's kind of cool because it's sort of a always changing fleet a little bit, but uh, yeah, I I always test. So it's nice to like get a feel for how the different skis feel, but it is a big range of skis and it's kind of funny. Like a day like today, like I got out there and tested three pairs of skis with the exact same mold with like the same flex basically and like slightly different grinds I think but like I don't know that much about it I just look at those skis and they're like they all have the same thing written on them and I'm like all right let's see what we can figure out here 